So I want to talk about two things that I've observed recently from the wokists. And they've been around for a while, admittedly. I've only really noticed them in the past few weeks. Uh, but the first of these two things I call the fake debate. And the second I call yikes culture. And they're related to one another. So this fake debate thing, that's actually something I got probably, it was either NBC or the Washington Post. This was an article a few weeks back talking about the quote-unquote fake debate about trans athletes in women's sports. So these are males, biological males, uh, who are trans women, aka biological males, competing in women's sports. We actually, this is very relevant now because we have a, someone who is vying to compete in the Olympics, a biological male vying to compete in the Olympics against biological females. And the, this article said that uh, something, the headline was something like this, uh, analyzing the fake debate or understanding the fake debate about trans women in sports. And you don't even need to know the content of the article. It's really the headline that's important there. And that's just a general rule. You can take that as a truism, as axiomatic. Headlines are more important than the bodies of articles because they write them knowing that your typical wokest, your typical anything, anyone, is not going to actually read these articles. They're just going to stop at the headline. So in some cases, you're actually reducing your understanding of the intention of an article by reading the body of it and presuming that it's more substantive than the headline when often it's not. So this headline regarding the fake debate. Uh, I mean, for me to use the word analyze, I said analyzing the fake debate. That's me giving way too much credit to something like NBC or the Washington Post because they never can analyze the other side of an argument. It was something that was mocking, deriding the quote-unquote fake debate. Now, here's the thing with this, this term, fake debate. I have honest reservations, personally deeply held reservations about biological males competing against biological females in professional or amateur athletics of, of any variety. And my arguments are rooted in science. I've never encountered a single article, not even penned by, not even penned by doctors, not penned by um, endocrinologists. I'm a doctor too, just about. And I have not encountered any of these people who are equipped to talk to me about the subject of something like biological sex and uh, physical sexual dimorphism as it pertains to uh, professional or, or serious amateur athletics, there is no doctor who would be able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with me on that debate. Not because I know more about medicine. Not because I know more about endocrinology or chromosomes. I know a fair bit about endocrinology and chromosomes, but because every time I have observed any medical professional or any biology researcher of any stripe attempt to weigh in on the pro-trans side of this debate, then they, they rely overwhelmingly on obscuring the science and on making appeals to authority. If ever you encounter someone who knows what they're talking about on these subjects, you will never be able to obscure the issue to the point where they cannot thoroughly deconstruct any kind of pro-trans athlete argument. And I know this personally, I have been in graduate level classrooms, the highest, I mean, we're talking about graduate level academic classrooms with a specialist in the subject of sex, gender, genetics, etc. A research, a research professor. And they couldn't beat me 
They couldn't beat me in this debate. I challenged them in the course. Uh, it was specifically about this issue. Uh, transgender athletes and sports. I challenged them. They failed to address my points. And I, I didn't press them as hard as I could have. I allowed them to save some face and move on. But I did make a joke at their expense and, uh, or at the expense of the material. And, and, you know, we move on to the next subject. But uh, no one's going to do any better than that. So, so here's what I'm saying. It's not a fake debate. It's not a fake debate. It's a real debate. And I've never lost it yet. Or I have, I, I've never lost it logically. I've never lost it in terms of who has the correct information. If you think that losing a debate depends on who has social dominance pertaining to an overarching mainstream narrative that is acquiesced to or not, then I have lost. In that sense, I've lost every debate I've ever been in most of my life. But I'm, I'm not thinking that we're, we're tackling this issue of debate in that way. So why do they call it a fake debate? Even when you have a professor, a doctor, an endocrinologist, a medical professional, a geneticist who can't go toe-to-toe with someone who is saying that these trans women should not be competing against biological women, even then that debate, they can't win it. The wokists still lose that debate. Why do they call it a fake debate? What is the purpose of this whole fake debate thing? Well, this fake debate thing, it's actually pretty genius in terms of being a social, a feat of social engineering, what you might even call a psyop, uh, propaganda, clearly. What is the fake debate narrative? Here's what it is. When they say that this is a fake debate, that's not meant for you dissenter, presumably you're, you have some disagreement with the, the, the notion that trans women ought to be competing against biological women in sports, that comment, this is a fake debate, quote unquote, is not meant for you. In fact, it is completely ineffective against you because it is saying from the get-go that there is nobody who has a legitimately held dissenting opinion on this subject, that it is fake. That the other side of the argument, the side that says trans women should not compete against biological women in sports, that side is fake. Uh, no one honestly believes that. Nobody holds that opinion. That's just the result of trolls and 4chaners and Trumpers and deplorables. Maybe there are a few extremely gullible people out there who uh, encountered some 4chan trolls who were spreading this fake debate. Even then, knowing these 4chan trolls, they know that it's not true. They know that trans women are identical to biological women in every way, but they are just trolling. They're just fucking around. You know, they're doing what they do. They're kind of sociopathic. And so they spread this fake debate just to, for laughs and for lulls and to be cruel and bully trans people and be transphobic. And some stupid people, like you and I, dear listener, have fallen for this trolling, this fake debate, because we just lack the education, intelligence, and critical thought to engage with it. And so uh, we are, uh, we, that's, that's what happened. We attached ourselves to this fake debate. It's not real. You and I can't possibly have any honest, scientifically informed disagreement with the notion that trans women ought to compete against biological women in sports, we can't possibly earnestly hold that position. We can't possibly have the education and scientific understanding to back that position up. No, no, no. It's a fake debate. 
It's fake. There are no actual people who believe that. There are just hateful and small-minded people who are so hurting themselves that they seek to expand that hurt out to these marginalized trans women. And so you and I don't actually believe. So I've been speaking this whole time as if you and I, presumably you, believe that trans women ought not to compete against biological women in these sports. But we don't actually believe that. We know, we know the truth. If you really dig deep and ask yourself honestly, then you know trans women are completely identical in every way to biological women, and there is no advantage they have whatsoever. Forget everything about uh, skeletal morphology. Forget everything about the development of a human body that goes through a male puberty and how those changes are permanent in many ways. Uh, forget all of that. Uh, it's fake. It's a fake debate. We don't really believe that. We're just trolling. And, and you know, really look inside. It is, right? Because we're just hateful, small-minded, bigoted people, and we are hiding from the reality that, because it's so obvious, right? The reality that trans women don't have any advantage against biological women. It's so obvious. And we're just hiding from that reality so we can indulge our bigotry. It is a fake debate. Okay, so I've been going on. I've been, I've been really hammering this point. Um, obviously, we know it's not fake. We earnestly hold these opinions. We are not faking anything. This is actually what we believe. And if you're like me, you have yet to encounter someone who's able to provide you with a convincing counterargument. I have to come up with the convincing counterarguments. I have to hypothetically imagine some intellectual leftist who is able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with me on these debates because they don't have any. They don't have any. They run away from these debates. They're not, the last thing they want to do is debate someone, especially someone who knows what they're talking about, especially a PhD anthropologist, the last person they want to debate on this subject. And so what do they do? Well, they, they call the debate fake to begin with. Now, here's who the whole fake debate thing is for, not for you or I. It is for the person who doesn't really want to get involved in this debate at all. They're not terribly well informed on sexual biology or sexual dimorphism to begin with. They're not even necessarily terribly invested in this whole transgender athleticism thing. What they see, though, is they see, oh, NBC, the Washington Post. These are major mainstream news organizations. They can't, they're not going to just blatantly lie to me. They've got, a, they've got some journalistic standards and practices. What did they say? They said, oh... They say that there's this fake debate. Oh, I had barely, I mean, I guess I'd heard of this somewhere. Oh, so there's some kind of people out there who, I guess the science is settled. Washington Post is suggesting that, or I should say Jeff Bezos, because it's owned by Jeff Bezos. Don't let, don't let me, I'm not going to do his dirty work and hide behind the name. So Jeff Bezos says, Jeff Bezos has an interest in communicating that there are these people out there who pretend that they don't believe transgender athletes ought to be competing against women. But they don't, they, they, you know, they don't really believe that. It's a fake debate. And so you, average person out there who is reading this article, who doesn't really know very much about sexual dimorphism, who isn't particularly invested in this, you just know, rest assured, there are these people out there who know how incredibly settled the science is. Oh, it's so settled, this science. Every scientist you ask, go out into the streets, find a scientist, ask them if it's, if it's good for trans women to be competing against biological women in the Olympics. Of course, the science is so settled. It's practically flat earth to say that it's not. The only people who would say otherwise don't believe that. Here's the issue. 
we know that our position is earnest. We know it's not fake. I know that when I say that trans women, if they have gone through a male puberty, have a biological advantage, an unfair advantage over natal women, uh, that is not fake. That is an earnestly held opinion that no one has been able to defeat me on in debate yet. And I hope someone out there can. If someone did defeat me, I would have nothing but respect for them. I would be at their heels. I'd be saying, hey, can we go to the bar? I want to know more. I love losing debates. There's no better way to learn. Oh, God, the hit to your ego. You never forget the thing that you lost on in a debate. I remember debates from when I was 14. I was trying to argue that there was potential ways to exceed the speed of light. I was invoking things about string theory that I just found on Google. I had the faintest understanding of. I still remember that shit. And I would come out better in terms of debate on that subject, having had that disagreement all those years ago. What was that? Nearly 20 years ago now. And so I earnestly would look forward to losing this debate, but it's it's not one that I'm going to lose. I mean, geez, of all the, the things that wokists have come up with lately, this is the most easily winnable of the debates. So that's the function of the fake debate narrative, though. It's It's not... For you to see, because when you and I see that, we automatically know that they're wrong. We automatically know if they are accusing us of not believing what we say, well, we know whether or not we believe what we say. We know that. So there's not even the chance that they could convince us of their narrative if they are saying something that we know to be false to begin with. It's as if they said, uh, you have got... Um, you, you, person who, who believes this wrong think narrative, you have a, a second left hand growing out the back of your neck. You have two left hands. You have three hands total, two left hands, one of the left hands growing out the back of your neck. Okay, no. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm, I'm quite aware that. Let me feel for right. I'll give you the benefit of doubt. Let me feel. Nope. Not back there. Let me feel the back of my knees, too. Let's see. I got one back there. Nope. Let's check the other knee for completion's sake. No. No left hand growing out either the back of my neck or either of the backs of my knees. So I know that what they said is false. There was no chance. When they say that from the get-go, I am automatically aware that they have not done their homework, they have not engaged with anyone on the other side, and that they're wrong. A hundred, They are wrong from the beginning. But it's not meant for me. It's easy for me to, 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 to go, on, go off the rails and yell at them about that. It's not meant for me. It, it's completely of no consequence what my reaction to this article is. It's not for me. It's for all the people who don't know whether or not there are any kind of people who hold views fake or genuine about this subject. It is meant to communicate to those average folk uh, what they sh are supposed to believe or else, or else, hey, this is mainstream. This is Washington Post. This is mainstream news publication saying this. If, if you defy them, then you might as well defy the town square. And it's, it's, it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. It's very disheartening. I've been seeing more and more of this. Accusing debates of being fake. Accusing earnest, genuinely held disagreements of being uh, disingenuous and duplicitous. It's, it's a complete, it's the deconstruction of debate. It's the deconstruction of reason. It is the dismantling of any kind of uh, public engagement. It is, it's propaganda and it's censorship. It's, it's preemptive censorship. How horrible is that? It is censorship before the other side even got to say anything. It's terribly disheartening. It's very disheartening to, uh, 
to see this happen. I, I mean, this I'll, I'll only touch very lightly on this point because I want to do a, a further, a fuller length episode on it in the future. But um, I'm a I'm a child of multiple worlds. I'm not white at all, or depending on how you define white. But uh, my my family is comprised of immigrants, and but immigrants from different ends of the world. Uh, different ends of the world that would have never come together save for the American melting pot. And so the truth is that I'm nothing if not a child of the values specifically that the founding fathers put forward. I've got my heritages. I'm Latino and I'm Indian, but I'm also completely American. There is no version of me that exists in India. There is no version of me that exists in Puerto Rico. There is only a me that exists in America where those two worlds meet. And so I am very much attached to the American values, which are, and I'm quite well educated on them, uh, in particular, the manifestations of enlightenment values that the founding fathers in their highly functionalist philosophy espoused in their various writings. That's, I'm born of that. I'm made of that. There, I'm sure there are people around who are still related to Washington and John Adams and whatnot, but no, I'm more related. Even having functionally 0% genes in common with them, uh, I'm, I'm constructed of the values that they built. And one of the most important values there was the, the free and open-spirited debate. And the same, this is what really pains me, the same society that was born out of those values is now tearing them down wholesale. I'll talk more about that in a future time, but it's just understand that it's very, uh, it hurts my identity for this to happen. My, I'm identity fused. What do I identify as? What's my identity? Someone who cares about the spirit of free and open debate that is rooted in logic and reason. And that identity has been violated. I'm triggered and I'm dysphoric with this current circumstance. So that leads into the next thing that I want to talk about, which... I call yikes culture. Yikes culture. What is yikes? I saw a meme a ways back. Uh, yikes hard lemonade. And they had photoshopped the can of Mike's hard lemonade to say yikes instead. Very funny. Very funny. Yikes. Woohoo. Yikes. You know what that is. Uh oh, yikes. So let's say we're at a dinner party. You and I, and we're with some friends, and we're all, someone has made us a fine dinner and all that. And there's one fellow over here. We don't really know this guy too much. We assume that someone here must know him. He seems like a normal-looking guy and all that, as far as we can tell. And we're having some drinks. The alcohol starts flowing. And suddenly this guy says, you people know that uh, this whole 9-11 thing, you know, that you heard about Tower 7? This was an inside job. You know, this wasn't no terrorists. It was all inside job. You guys know that, right? And so, okay, so you and I look at each other. We look to this guy and we look back to each other. And it's like, who invited him? Who Who's this guy? Do you know this guy? He's doing some 9-11 truth or stuff. And then maybe next he goes, oh, and you know that you guys don't think the earth is round, do you? You know this earth is flat, right? Okay, well, right, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. Listen, dude, uh, we're not, no, 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 no. Can, can someone get him out of here? <laughs> okay, and then, you know, they, they drag the guy out. He's kicking and screaming, saying 9-11 is inside job. Yikes. Woohoo, man. No, no, we are not going there. No, thank you, my friends. No, yikes. We're not doing that. No, we don't even talk about that. Listen, who knows? I don't know what's going on with the CIA knows. Maybe 9-11 is inside job. Probably not. I have no ability to, to, the information I have available to me says that is probably the result of 
terrorism. I have no reason to believe it was an inside job. Is the Earth flat? Hey, maybe we're all in a matrix, and the evidence, the abundant evidence that says that the Earth is round is all some kind of false reality, and the world is actually flat. I can't 100% deny any of the things that this guy said, but what I do know is, yikes. That if I attach, if I even give him the benefit of doubt, there will be a social penalty against me. And the thing that is is healthiest for me to do in terms of preserving my social reputation is to say, yikes, no sir, no thank you, someone get him out of here. Whew, that was awkward, right everybody? Yikes, we don't want nothing to do with that. That's yikes culture. Yikes culture used to be reserved, it's been around, it's not new, it used to be reserved for serious events. I mean, like, yeah, flat earth stuff, clan stuff actual neo-Nazi stuff. Like if you got some guy coming into your dinner party and he takes off his, his jacket and there's an actual Nazi armband there. Okay, no, yikes. Get him out of here. No, I'm not debating whether or not it's okay to be not neo-Nazi with him. We're not having that. No, get him the fuck out of here. Yikes. And he's gone. They drag him out of there. That's yikes culture. Here's what we've done. We have extended yikes culture into very milk toast stuff garden variety conservative beliefs are now yikes let's go let's use the the most pertinent example in this podcast this example that uh, should we allow trans women to compete against biological women in sports whoa you're asking that question yikes get him the fuck out of here it, he may as well have just said that he's a flat earther he may as well have just said that 911 was an inside job and if you disagree then you're you're part of the sheeple he may as well have just said that he is a, an avowed clansman yikes get him out of here that's what we've done with yikes culture uh, if you have any any Perhaps you believe that in minority communities, it is possible for there to be some cultural elements, no matter how subtle, no matter how understated, that contribute, at least in part, to the lower socioeconomic outcomes of those cultures. For example, my own Latino heritage. Is it possible that there are elements of Latino culture, perhaps even derived from uh, the Portuguese and Spanish imperialism? That, that certainly afflicted much of the Mestizo and South American indigenous cultures in, in the past few centuries. Maybe that's my, maybe I say that the dysfunction comes from there, aka the fault of white people. But it doesn't matter how try, nuanced I try to make it. If I suggest at all that there is even the slightest element of intracultural dysfunction that can cause a minority group to be responsible in some small part for their own economic or societal shortcomings relative to some other group, then that's yikes. Yikes. Get him out of here. We don't want to debate that at the dinner party with him. He needs to get out of here. That is Klansman. That is Flat Earth. That is neo-Nazi. Oh, but, but excuse me, I'm Latino. Does that change anything? Uh, yeah, it changes something. Uh, we're going to also stuff a sock in your mouth as we shove you into the alley and make sure that we text all our friends to never speak to you again. That's, that's, that's the difference. <laughs> you know, they reserve the extra layer of societal alienation. Uh, they, they, they make me more of a pariah for being a brown person. That's the racism of the white liberal. Uh, Malcolm X went on and on and on about that. That's, that's your contemporary wokest progressive racism. Uh, so, so... This is the circumstance that we now have. 
these views that used to be typical back in the 90s. This was the standard conservative talking point. You saw this on Sean Hannity. You saw this on all over Fox News. And you still do occasionally. They're even more circumspect about it now. Uh, and these typical 90s garden variety conservative views, in many cases, they were in fact the liberal view. Back in the 90s, it was the liberal response to the far-right accusation of genetic determinism. The liberals said, oh, but, but there's a cultural element here. In fact, it's all culture. That's what the liberals said. It's all culture. It's not genes. It's culture. Now, even to echo that liberal argument that it's cultural, not genetic, that's yikes. You can't say it's cultural. There is only one permitted explanation, white supremacy. That is the only thing on the table. If you don't agree with that, if you don't agree that white supremacy is the cause of all ailments for all minority communities, if you don't agree that trans women are 100% women, 110% women, they're actually maybe even a little bit more properly women than biological women, and biological woman is now an offensive term, thank you very much. If you believe any of that, that's yikes. That is Klansman. That is neo-Nazi. That is Flat Earth. That is 9-11 Truther. There is no debate to be had. They're not going to listen to you. They don't want to hear your side of the story. It doesn't matter if you could school them. It doesn't matter how stupid you could make them look. And you don't have to make them look stupid when they are this stupid. It doesn't matter because it's not about that. It is about tribalism. That's what it's about. That's what this all boils down to. It is about their societal allegiances. These people are not stupid, usually. I mean, I'm joking. I just called them stupid. The reality is I'm just angry. They're not actually stupid. They are my colleagues, my friends, my coworkers. They're the people that I interact with on a regular basis. They often have rather high IQs. They have good standardized test scores. Hey, if they got into higher education to begin with, they probably have a decent IQ, decent SAT score, decent GRE score. The thing is, uh, John McWhorter and Coleman Hughes, Glenn... Um, uh, Glenn Lowry, they talk about this sort of thing. They need to attach to a tribe. They can't not. And so it is not on the table for them to adopt a narrative that is socially unacceptable. And if society has taken certain narratives off the table, they will never consider them. It doesn't matter if it's correct. It doesn't even matter if all of the alternatives to that correct view, which society rejects as a result of mainstream media coverage, etc., it doesn't matter how sensible it is. It doesn't matter how many debates they will lose on the level of logical and rational discourse. They need to attach to that tribe. And I, I wonder about this because I, I never would have suspected that there were so many people who so desperately needed to attach to societally approved narratives such that they could not defy those narratives. Now, seeing the woke is I should actually be thankful to them in a way because I... I'm an anthropologist, and I had miscalculated human nature. I was wrong. I thought that humans had a greater capacity to defy the narratives that society presented to them if those narratives were blatantly false as a matter of logic and reason. That's what I thought was the case. I was wrong. I can admit that I was wrong. My anthropological training did not prepare me to be correct on that matter, but experience has. And I see the wokists, I see the way they operate, and I know the truth now. Humans have a far lesser capacity to prioritize logic and reason over societal, tribally approved narratives than I ever thought. What's the solution to that? I mean, that's, that's, that is a topic for another time, to be sure.